Happy Friday, everybody. Uh, happy Friday, Mr. Shannon. How are you? Great, Roberts. Beautiful day. Lovely day here. It's lovely wherever you are uh, as you watch or listen to this epic broadcast. Is this a broadcast? A narrow cast? No, a, it's a it's a it's a podcast. Podcast. It's, not, it's a it's, podcast, not a broadcast. It's a cast, and it, with a cast of thousands. Not today, but. Um, just three today, um, Shannon, myself, and uh, the um, vice. No, no, deputy. Commissioner. Deputy commissioner. Come on, get it right. You know, you like titles. Well, you know, I, not as much as you. Clearly. I don't like titles. You are, excuse me. You roundly criticized me for understating your title on this that podcast. Was a, that was a private phone call, Bob. That was yes, a private phone call. Not anymore. <laughs> no, no, I know. Here, but, this is the one. This is the one thing I've learned about being around you. If well, I want the world to know, just tell I will me. tell you. That's well, right. <laughs> right. This this is one of the reasons for the um, uh, epic success of this program. Is because you won't stop talking. Oh, honesty is my policy. Oh, honest. I have <laughs> I have no I have no hidden agenda or secrets. <laughs> If you tell me, you tell everyone. No, as I said, I'm well aware. If I want the world to know, I tell Robert McCowan. Well, and then and then you brought up the topic of titles and being disinterested in titles immediately after chastising me for understating. Private. That was a private conversation. Uh, that was off the, re- off the record. Let's rewind the tape. Or, Not or anymore. As, as I say to my friends, pri- uh, you know, confidentially off the record between you and me. So, um... <laughs> I, I can't say I told you so because I didn't tell you so. However, I have yeah, stated on more than a few occasions that uh, the hockey pucks who you love and have lived with for the last 50 years yeah. were all unanimously ogling the Colorado Avalanche much as they did for the better part of a decade with the San Jose Sharks and proving only that these people are uh, dumb as posts, Colorado again stubs their toe. Yeah, They come flying out of the gate and all the Colorado folks were all cocky because they beat Vegas 7-1 in the first game and then literally got outplayed in five consecutive games mm-hmm. and lost four of them. So yeah. after going down 2 nothing, Vegas... Uh, takes four straight and moves on. And there was um, lots of interesting chatter in the post game last night uh, about the way the Vegas team is built and the way the Colorado team is built. Colorado built around offense, skill. Now, I give you, you know, people are going to say they have pretty good defense in Colorado. Sure. They have pretty good goaltending. Turned out, sure. But Basically, they are a skill team. Uh, Vegas and, and not that big, and not that big. And Vegas is a bunch of. They've got some skilled players, obviously. Sure they, sure, they do. They've got two really good offensive defensemen. Yeah, um, and they have good goaltending. No, no, they don't. They have great goaltending. But they are okay. Great. You know, I'm a big, big flurry fan. Sure. I thought it was so curious when they they stuck him on the bench a year ago. But essentially, they're hardworking, grinding, physical team who did not take penalties against this Colorado team, and I can't you can't say win one comfortably, but they were the better team. This was, you know, based on the play, John. This was no upset. They were better. I know. I, I I totally agree. I totally agree. And, you know, it's funny, the, the last two days on the on the show, uh, both John Davidson and Scotty yesterday talked about how important was the size of the blue line, the size of the defensemen. And if you look at not just Vegas, who have a much bigger defense than Colorado did, uh, but the other three teams that, that have gone to this round, Tampa, the Islanders, and Montreal, all have the same DNA on the blue line. Big defensemen that can move the puck. And that's, if, if there's anything to be made of, that to me is the storyline of, of this Stanley Cup playoffs is how important an active big defense is 
uh, to your success because anybody that didn't have that isn't here. We, we all like skill. We all love to watch talented yep. hockey players put yep. the biscuit in the basket. Um, Colorado had that. Yep. The Toronto Maple Leafs had that. Yep. Both of them are sitting on the sidelines right now. Mm -hmm. Is this one of those years where general managers take a look around and say, uh, you got, I it ain't going to work this way. We got to you No, know, but, uh, but Bob general managers, I, I'm, I'm starting to, you know, and lots of them are my friends and I, I'm actually going to, I'm going to, when I, when I see them, I'm going to ask them or, or I'm going to give them heck because they made, they have made so much out of the trade deadline. You know, Taylor Hall was supposed to be a different maker in Boston out. Uh, you, you know, every team, Jeff Carter was supposed to make a difference in Pittsburgh out. Uh, the only team that made trades at the deadline uh, that ha are still playing, you know, is Lou and the Honors. They made two trades with his old club in getting Zajac and Palmieri. They're the only ones still in. All these other teams that made trades, and we've made such noise about the trade deadline, um, this year more than any other, because I think it's happened a lot more, and, and you've always harped on this. Always... Uh, this, this is this to me should be right at the first page of my team blueprint. Don't do anything drastic at the deadline. Look what Kyle tried to do. I know, and look where it got him. Nothing. And look what it cost him. That's right. Kenny Holland made a trade at the deadline. Didn't cost him very much. Getting Kulikov did not help him. Kevin Chevaldeoff got got another defensive. Did not help him. You know, it this trade deadline, I, I and it's great television and it's lots of fun to work on. Well, it's not really, it's hard. But I'll tell you what, I, I if I'm a manager or I'm an owner and I'm in management, I'm gonna say maybe we should take a step back from from this deadline thing and, and do the trade when we need to do the trade as opposed to this artificial deadline. You know, uh, you're uh, oh no, no, I I'm I know I'm preaching to you. I know I know you're preaching from the from this from the uh the hymn book that I wrote, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm not going to argue with you. Look, rather than you and I yammer on, uh, let's uh, chat with uh, our friend Bill Daly, the uh, Deputy Commissioner of the National Hockey League, he joins us today after these messages. It's Bob McCown. It's uh, John Shannon on the program uh, today. And uh, with us, our, uh, our friend, the Deputy Commissioner of the National Hockey League, Bill Daly, is with us. How are you? You look beautiful. Everything all right? Uh, I'm fantastic, guys. We're... Uh... We're through the second round. We have two rounds left. Yeah, well, I tell you, that, that's it, when, when you think about where you were with COVID and how you manage COVID and 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 to come through these playoffs, I, I, I would say clean, if that's a fair way to say it. Uh, it's a, that's a tough word when it comes to uh, testing. Uh, but uh, you have to be satisfied with what, what's gone on with uh, how you've managed all the COVID protocols. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously there were hiccups along the way and there were rough seas to navigate, uh, particularly early on in, in January and February. Um, but, uh, I think we got, you know, obviously the world, uh, started, uh, um, changing and, and evolving in positive direction. Um, and I think we, we certainly got the benefit of, of that evolution and, and, uh, I think we're in a pretty good place right now. While we're on that uh, topic, have you made any decisions regarding next season, start times, uh, format, um, divisional rivalries? Can you, I know you've got contingencies, but are you, are you starting to get close to where you think you, you know what you're going to be? Yeah, I, I think we're proceeding um, with, uh, with a plan that would have us opening uh, our regular season on October 12th next year, which is uh, a Tuesday. Uh, second week of October, typically we've uh, opened in the first week of October, but we're facing a, a fairly short summer uh, for the clubs and for players uh, as it is. So uh, we're, we're, we're buying a week at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, there are, uh, and, and we're proceeding on the basis that we'll uh, revert to our normal uh, um, alignment uh, and, and schedule uh, matrix. Uh, so back to the, the four divisions that we had for the 1920 season um, and uh, same schedule matrix. Uh, we are evaluating the schedule matrix as to whether we may change it um, uh, beyond 21, 22, 
but that's not going to happen for the 21-22 season. Obviously, there are a lot of unknowns still um, with respect to how this summer progresses. And, and uh, as, as you said, Bob, we have to be nimble um, in, in case things don't uh, you know, progress to the point where we can execute on that plan, but, uh, but that's certainly uh, our hope at this point. As an aside, the, the divisions were interesting. And of course, living here, we were all giddy for the first three days about the Canadian division. And now we're not giddy about it anymore. Um, but the, this is, again, this is just my personal opinion. The one part of the divisional alignment that worked for me were the two Florida teams and Carolina and Nashville in the central. And to do that that way, that U shape or that around the middle, that that seemed to have a bit more traction than any of the other divisions because of the influence of the Canadian teams. Any thought about doing something with that? Um, You know what? At at, at this point, probably not. Uh, Only in the sense that I would tell you that you know we did we did actually canvas the clubs um, uh, and their view of alignment and, and matrix. And while we got a lot of different views on matrix and, and playoff format um, uh, in terms of the divisional alignment, um, uh, I think everybody, uh, I think virtually uh, universally um, they supported going back to the old uh, mm. divisional alignment. What do you think? It, wh- when general manager, when you talk to general managers, presidents, owners of uh, franchises about these kinds of topics, Bill, what do you think their primary concern is? Is it rivalries or is it as simple as economics and geography? <laughs> They're just selfish. <laughs> well, it, it depends on who you ask, right? So, <laughs> and I think different people within the same organization may have different views based on different factors. Um, uh, you know, and then you have owners who will totally defer to their their business side, and you have owners who will totally defer to their hockey side. Um, and I often, uh, as John knows, the business side doesn't necessarily uh, align with with the hockey side. So, sure, um, you know, each organization is different, um, um, and uh, that's what makes it so fun. On the uh, your your <laughs> that was a very diplomatic answer. No, um, uh, the um, you talked about your schedule. You didn't mention the Olympics, uh, and uh, so coming out of the World Championships, there was uh, whispers that there was you were getting closer to a deal. The federation was getting excited. They were putting out little uh, hints there here and there. Any idea how much closer you are to a deal to go to to Beijing? If, if that's if Beijing occurs, um, you know we're working on it. Is is what I'd say. Um, I, I can't say we're. I don't know if we're getting closer or not. To tell you the truth, I I actually uh, am reviewing um, currently, uh, and this is giving me a, a nice break from that. A document uh, on the Olympics. Uh, which you know we hope to get to the, to the double IHF in the near future, probably as early as today. Um, and we'll kind of see where we go from there. Uh, obviously, we're you know very late in the process um, already. Um, we have had challenges uh, getting the IOC's attention uh, on our issue in, in specifically because they're. Um, you know, so immersed in, in preparations for Tokyo um, and really uh, aren't, don't have the time or resource to, well, I, I don't know. about Resources, resource, I'm sure they have. I don't know about the resource, but uh, they, they certainly haven't appeared to have the time uh, to have focused on, on Beijing at this point. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how Tokyo goes. I think one of the, you know, one of the caveats while we're, you know, tentatively planning that we'll get this Olympic thing done. Um, I, I think we're all going to be very interested in how uh, Tokyo plays out, uh, mm. and certainly we're going to want uh, the ability to revisit uh, based on um, the Tokyo experience. But, well, but you're not you're not going to unveil a schedule until you know that, correct? No, I I think we'll go forward. Well, I, the plan, the current plan, would be to go forward with releasing a schedule late June, um, and then adjusting as we have in the past, if necessary. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Well, I got a, I've got a real basic question here. By the way, late July as opposed to late June. It's okay. Late okay. June. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. Late July. Yeah. Um, the general question is, do you want to go to the Olympics? But when I say you, I, I think I have to break it down even further. Does the league want to re-engage with the Olympics? Do the players want to re-engage with the Olympics? Because I'm not sure that the answer to those two questions is necessarily the same. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's not necessarily the same. It hasn't been necessarily the same for, for a while. Um, I, I think we've moved into uh, a situation where our owners um, and, and certainly the commissioner believe that um, there's uh, very little, if, if any, material benefit uh, to the league or the clubs or our business uh, by participating in the Olympics. Um, the players obviously have a, 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 a diametrically opposed view on that issue. They, they uh, not necessarily on whether it grows, grows the game or the business, but they certainly, uh, they certainly want the opportunity to represent their countries uh, in the Olympic competition. Uh, and uh, they've made no bones about that. So, um, you know, uh, as part of, of what we do with our players association and our players, I mean, you know, we have to be interested in their interests as well. So um, I think, you know, we had a fulsome discussion on, on this topic when we extended the CBA last July. And we, uh, you know, we agreed to cooperate to, to, to do whatever was necessary to try to make the Olympic opportunity possible. Uh, and that's the process we're engaged in now. What, um, I'm sure you know the answer to this, or I'm guessing you do. What percentage of NHL players actually go to the Olympics? Well, it'll be, you know, it's, it's, it's anywhere between 150 and 170 players that I would expect uh, participating in Beijing. Um, you know, during the course of a season now, there's probably 800, uh, 850 players. But, you know, as, as Gary Bettman likes to say, I mean, if, if you put it to vote the, the entire membership, um, everybody would vote yes, because the people who aren't participating in the Olympics are Want the vacation. getting a little bit of time off uh, in the middle of a long season. So uh, it's beneficial for their purposes as well. So it's, uh, I think it's a pretty easy decision for the players. And is that a bad thing to give the players a break? No, I mean, you know, you, you've seen it, um, you know, built into our non-Olympic year schedules. Now right. we, we, we build in this concept of a five-day break which is very, very difficult to accommodate on so many uh, grounds, but um, it's something that has been important to the, to the players and the players association. And we have to be respectful, of, uh, at least mindful of that. Is it your expectation? Do you have any, any level, excuse me, you, both of you, by the way, both of you now have $5 fines. Yes, I know. I, uh, I, 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 I did off. turn my mind silent after <laughs> my ring went As I just did. And I apologize. <laughs> it's going to be good. Just send the money to my house. That's okay. So, um, Give me some idea of your, of the, what, what, what are the, what do you think the chances are of this Olympic thing going through? I, I know that's an almost impossible question to answer because you've stated that, you know, the IOC is busy and you're not really getting too many answers to things. But did you have, when you were still in, some level of dialogue. Did you have a sense that there was a path to success here? Well, I, I think, um, and, and most people view these to be the most important issues, and I'm not necessarily sure, but I think they're vital issues, but I'm not sure they're the most important. Um, <clears throat> the travel and the player insurance are, are, are the two big cost items. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and we had trouble getting our arms around those cost items uh, for the South Korean Olympics. Um, I think we've gotten our arms around the cost items for purposes of Beijing. Um, so uh, if that's the case, um, and certainly it's being representative is, um, then, you know, the important issues for us come down to, you know, what, what's our role? at the Olympics and what are our rights uh, in connection with participating in the games? Um, what do we, John's holding do we have any commercial zero, rights <laughs> at all? Do we have any ability to really promote uh, the fact that our players are attending, um, that we're shutting down our league for, for two weeks to allow our players to attend? Um, those have all been critical 
issues in the past, and and we've had very limited uh, rights and very limited, I'd say, even cooperation in kind of allowing us to use the Olympics as a platform uh, to, you know, promote the NHL or our players right. or our game, um, and so <clears throat> there, there, you know, we made. Uh, very broad asks. We've now narrowed those asks. I don't know how many of those asks will will actually be successful in, in achieving or obtaining, and 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 that may be key to uh, an ultimate decision as to whether it's a yes or a no. Well, what's interesting about it, uh, Bill, is that your your TV partner for the Olympics uh, in the United States since 2002 is now not your TV partner going forward. Um, does that change anything in your in in the process? Uh, you know, I, I, and I, I'm listen. I'm on the record saying I think NBC for a decade has done a marvelous job for hockey, um, but they're they're not as they don't have as vested interest next year that they do this year. Yeah, no, that's um, obviously complicates things uh, to a certain extent um, for sure. Uh, having said that, you know, as you said, John, I think you know NBC certainly has been a, a friend, longtime friend and supporter of the National Hockey League. Um, they should have an interest and do have an interest in making uh, their, you know, the Winter Olympic Games successful. Our participation in the Winter Olympic Games, um, I think, is Im- important for, for their Olympic project to be successful. So I think they should have some incentives uh, to be cooperative um, in that way. Uh, but, you know, th- they'll need to be cooperative for sure. Yeah. Bill Daly is uh, with us. Uh, more to talk about, and we'll take a quick break and come back with uh, more after these messages. It's Bob McCown. It's uh, John Shannon and Bill Daly, the Deputy Commissioner of the National Hockey League, is with us. Not so long ago, uh, nobody was going across the border um, to the common folk. Uh, the Canadian US border is essentially closed to, but for a select few. Um, no teams clearly were going across the border and we were operating during the course of this regular season under the assumption that, well, in all likelihood, the representative from the Canadian division would have to, um, find a new place to live for the semifinals and finals if necessary. That's not the case. Now the border will be opened to, um, in this case, Vegas, uh, to come to Montreal and for Montreal to return. And for Montreal to return. This, um, so who initiated all of the negotiations, discussions that must have taken place here? Was this um, the NHL's agenda? Did the Montreal Canadiens have a role, a, a play in this? Give us some background how this thing evolved, William. No, I mean, look, we've, we've had to work with uh, the Canadian government um, at various levels and, and the, the uh, various health authorities at various levels uh, since the start of the pandemic. Um, you know, we've been in virtually constant communication uh, with the relevant entities on, on um, you know, national interest exemptions that we needed for, to conduct training camps and, and, uh, and uh, to accommodate mid-season trades and the like. And, and this was kind of the latest um, request uh, for an exemption, um, which which you know we we uh, messaged and communicated fairly early on um, in the season. Uh, I I think we submitted what I'd call a formal application um, in the you know end of April early May time period. Um, you know it was uh, very thoroughly vetted. Uh, by the Canadian authorities uh, who, you know, submitted comments back to us and we um, made adjustments to, to our application and the protocols uh, in connection uh, with those comments. Um, we did enlist the support of our Canadian clubs uh, to work with their local and provincial health authorities to get letters of support um, sent to, to the Public Health Agency of Canada in support of, of the protocol and the exemption. Um, you know, I had uh, multiple conversations uh, with uh, Minister Mendicino, uh, Minister of Immigration, um, uh, last weekend uh, as we as we were getting to crunch time, 
um, and ultimately uh, they were comfortable that that uh, we were taking appropriate measures to keep Canadians safe uh, and to keep the, the the participants in our in our tournament safe through through application of our protocols. So that's that's how we got to where we are. So how would you describe uh, what uh, and th- and I, obviously it sounds like it's also going to be NHL employees. Uh, p- employees of the two TV networks that are three TV networks that are going to be covering the games in Vegas um, and the, and the teams, how would you describe what they're going to go through? Is it closer to what you went through in, uh, in Toronto and Edmonton last year? Well, I, I, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, in some respects it is in, in some respects it's not. Um, but I, what I would say is it's very close to kind of almost the lockdown protocol that we had in place at the very start of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, in essence, the people participating uh, in that series in the, in the Montreal Vegas series, um, you know, will, uh, will live between two locations, uh, whether it be their homes or their hotels um, and, and the rink, um, and really no public interactions, uh, other than, um, their participation in those two places. Uh, and, you know, that's, uh, in an attempt to limit, um, public interaction and, and, uh, to limit, uh, the possibility of, of infection for sure. Um, so it, it, it'll be different and, and in particular, it'll be a lot different, um, probably shouldn't be too much different for Montreal, but it should be a lot different for Las Vegas. Um, who, you know, have been living in a, a much more open uh, environment for the last two months and will have to refocus. Um, having said that, we're in, you know, we're down to the final four in mm. uh, yeah, competition for the Stanley Cup. And I think that tends to focus people. The, uh, the interesting thing about that, uh, Bill, is that you're, I mean, coaches are still wearing masks. Will I, uh, and yet there's like in Vegas, there's 18,000 people 30 feet away. Um, it, 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 are, are you, you're being overly cautious in, in all of this or, or just respectful of what the protocols of the, of particularly the Canadian government and the Quebec government have asked? Well, I think in some respects we are being overcautious. Um, and you know, I, I'm going to get on a conference call with the four remaining teams today and they're going to ask, whether the coaches can go unmasked and the answer is going to be no, uh, at least for this round. Part of that is, uh, you know, I, 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 I struggle um, with, you know, having one series uh, under one set of rules and the other series under another set of rules. Um, And, you know, and, but, but more basically, you know, I I had a medical call earlier this week where we debated this very issue and, and, um, you know, our medical people say, look, you know, it, it may be overly cautious, um, but it's working and we're close to the end. So why are we changing? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think that's, that's going to be a very unsatisfying answer to the coaches, particularly on this call this afternoon. Um, you know, and, and perhaps it can be revisited uh, as we've revisited protocol for, for at, at each stage of the playoffs. Perhaps it could be revisited for the final, but at least for now, uh, it's going to remain in place. So for clarity, is your deal with the Canadian mm-hmm. government for the next two rounds, if necessary, assuming Montreal advances or subject to change? Well, no, I, I, I think, uh, well, it's always subject to change, but we would have to apply for change, right? For, for that, um, you know, anything we do that alters or is different than the protocol that they've approved, uh, we would need to go uh, to them and, and seek their uh, buy-in and approval on it. Um, and that would tend to suggest that we're going to limit uh, additional change because it does um, you know, tend to complicate matters more. Um, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where we are as, the, as this round progresses and we'll, you know, what we're looking at for next round. Just out of curiosity, um... If, if the Canadian government had said, no, the borders are closed, that's it. Um, what was plan B? So uh, we, we had one of two, we had two options really. One would be um, to relocate the Canadian team to a U.S. market that they would operate out of and play their games in. Um, and I think that was probably the most likely alternative. 
Um, the other alternative would be uh, to play all the games in the, in the U.S. clubs market. Um, and, uh, you know, in some respects, that may have been a financially more beneficial uh, result because if you, if, you know, if you assume that the, the home team um, is going to be able to fill the capacity for each of the seven, potentially seven games, and that the, that the visiting, so-called visiting team, uh, would keep some of that home gate uh, in their designated home games, then mm -hmm. from a financial perspective, it might have been superior to playing in kind of a neutral site. Uh, but I think the neutral site was what, um, you know, when we talked to all our Canadian clubs, I think that was their, their preference as opposed to playing in hostile territory for every game of the series. Even though they would have generated, heck, really good revenue. Yes. Wow. And would and and I know this is probably, you're probably completely irrelevant. I'm just interested in this. What was there a site that had already been determined and cleared, or would you have had the opportunity to be a little more geographically uh, sensitive? In other words, try and get something as close as possible to Vegas for Montreal. Yeah, you know, I, I, I uh, that was a that was a frequent question. I. Uh, the answer to your first question is yes, we, we had pretty much settled on where uh, we were going to move a team to um, and we hadn't finalized any agreements or anything, but we, we had, tar we targeted yeah. uh, a particular market, had discussions and we would have been able to execute uh, on short notice. Um, I never bought into geographic proximity uh, to be all that important at this, <laughs> at this stage of our season. I get it. Um, you know, our teams travel around a lot. Um, hmm. I, I didn't think, uh, you know, we necessarily need to be in Buffalo if, if, the, if the, the team was Toronto or, or that we needed to be in the middle of the continent if the team was Edmonton or, or Winnipeg. So, um, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't give much credence to geographic proximities being important. So the, the other aspect, I mean, sorry, we, we've kind of drilled down deep on protocols and Olympics, but, uh, Player safety is one of those ones that has been uh, a big topic uh, this year. Uh, and I must admit, when uh, the Winnipeg Jets had their postseason press conferences, Mark Shifley said some things that was really were really disappointing. It's almost like he didn't really learn <laughs> from, uh, from his hit. What's your reaction when you hear a player say that? Um, for the most part, um, because of the you know, how close they are to it and the emotion involved and particularly in a playoff series, I, I discount it or, or even disregard it um, because I understand, um, I, I understand how vested uh, everybody is in, in kind of the outcomes of their seasons. And, and, you know, in Mark's case, you know, it's a player who had an extraordinarily clean record for his entire career. Uh, he's not a dirty player at all. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't even call the hit really out of character as much as just kind of one of those things that happen. Um, and, uh, you know, so I, you know, I, I respect his passion for the game. I respect his disappointment and not being able to participate. Uh, so I get all that. And, um, you know, there are, there are lines that, that we don't allow club personnel, including players to cross. Um, and, you know, and, and sometimes those lines are tested. I tend to be a little more uh, lenient on those lines than some other people within my organization. Mm. Uh, it just happens to, you know, it's just, I guess my, my attitude and my not right or wrong. It's just a little bit different. And for clarity, he has one more game to serve. So that'll be game one of the regular season. Yeah, that's correct. Well, okay, but on the other hand, you have Kadri, who got a similar suspension, who is not a choir boy. This was not his first offense. He is a multi-time offender. I got nothing against Nazem Kadri. Um, you know, there's nothing personal in this. He has a skill set where he deserves to be in the National Hockey League. But he loses his mind from time to time. And he has been suspended and he has been fined. He has been punished. And the concept of punishment is to act as a deterrent 
um, so that you don't do this anymore. And that's the same in the National Hockey League or any other sport as it is in society. Um, and one of the things, Bill, that we have discussed here is, is this league still too unwilling to clamp down on the repeat offender who clearly doesn't learn from his mistakes? And is there a point where you say, all right, enough is enough. If you don't behave, you're out. Is this league anywhere near prepared to acknowledge that possibility? Well, I mean, I, I, that's a that's a complicated question and can apply to multiple uh, fact scenarios. I mean, I, I, I think that was the message that player safety was trying to send in, in its assessment of an eight-game suspension, playoff suspension for, for Mr. Kadri. Um, you know, and um, you know, for better or for worse, we had an appeal that we had to deal with and, and you know, and commissioner upheld the eight-game suspension and then a independent neutral uh, discipline arbitrator upheld the suspension as well. Um, I, again, on that very basis, which is, you know, repeat offenders uh, should be more severely punished. Uh, it should hurt uh, to the point that it deters uh, future conduct. Um, and, you know, I think, I think we made an effective case that, you know, that, that it was a, a proper use of progressive discipline uh, on, on Mr. Kadri. And, and he had a number of examples where he thought uh, his punishment was out of line with what other players had received in similar circumstances. And then you're able, yeah. able to say, look, there's, there's no circumstance that's really similar to yours. This is, you're, you're a six time offender. Um, you know, it, it's an appropriate punishment. So, um, you know, whether, uh, you know, we, we strive for consistency, uh, we really do, um, you know, from the outside and when you're not close to it, I, I understand that you might not see the consistency there. Um, but it, it is certainly, uh, what we try to do. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I do think there's, you know, and that, and when we started the department of player safety, um, that's what we heard from the players association, uh, from, from Matthew Schneider that, that, you know, let, let's, let's, let's focus on really hitting the recidivists mm. hard and, and, and get them to stop doing what they're doing. Um, and, uh, so, you know, in that respect, and, and I understand the dynamics, but in that respect, we're disappointed that the, the players association, um, you know, uh, felt inclined to have to appeal, uh, Kadri's, uh, right. here. Well, you're not shocked. You may be disappointed, but you're not the least bit surprised because that's no. what happens all the time. Right. I'm not, no. And, and look, they have to listen to the player and they have to represent the player. So yeah. I, I get it. I get it. Do you, um, uh, and I know it's collectively bargained, but uh, one of the one of the issues that always gets a bit of attention is the the fine system that is in place in 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 player safety. Um, Bruce Cassidy gets fined twenty five thousand dollars for calling them the New York Saints, uh, and a player who is crosses the line uh, with some sort of you know hit to the head or a body check gets a five thousand dollar fine one or guy's or, or 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 david Krejci, sure or a, or a slashing incident yeah yeah you know you know you know i love stick fouls bill so yeah. um the, the, but that it, it, can that be revisited anything can be revisited yeah but, but you have but, to give but, something you know, up i mean you have to give look, something you, you up know enough that, that the, the fine issue has been something that that we've worked hard on for a long time it's been something that the the union has been uh, unyielding on for the most part um and uh we were able to make some improvements in our last uh wasn't in the last july but but in our 2012-13 negotiation where uh, we were able to up, you know, the fine limit used to be a thousand dollars. So now it's uh, some percentage uh, of, of a player's pay up to a cap. And, and so that's why you'll see these maximum fines in between, you know, zero and $10,000, essentially that that's the most we can do. That's, yeah. that's, you know, we've, we, uh, it's in the CBA. We, we um, uh, reluctantly agreed to it, uh, but we agreed to it. So yeah. uh, there's, there's, Nothing we can do, certainly midterm, and I don't 
foresee a situation where the union would ever be willing to to negotiate uh, that different limits midterm. Um, a last question before we let, let you go on in this regard. Well, your last question. Well, would you like to get your last question in? No, you go first. Thank you. So it won't be the last question, Bill. Sorry. Um, there would be five or six more, as often happens on this show. Um, we are all of an age and a level of experience to remember the days when the players who I not so affectionately refer to as the goons um, occupied roster spots on every one of the clubs in the National Hockey League, and their, their sole intent was to get into trouble. Um, those guys are essentially gone now. And I'm thankful for that. But I'm intrigued by the perspective that you have and the league has in differentiating between um, those players when they were repeat offenders, guys who had very little skill and would not have been on NHL teams other than their ability or willingness to be overtly physical, and a guy like, for example, a cadre who has a skill set, who is you know, legitimately good enough to play. Or, in the or, Tom, or Tom Wilson. Or Tom Wilson is a, maybe an even better example, at least as good an example. Um, how does that change things for you? Um, how does that change the perspective of the league in regard to how do we punish this guy who has value to his team other than being just a guy who plays three or four minutes a night and goes out and tries to take somebody's head off? Um, I, I don't think it really changes the approach we have to supplementary discipline, right? You're, you're looking to um, penalize more severely dangerous acts um, that can hurt other players, uh, assuming they're illegal. Um, sometimes we have that issue um, and that we, we run into that occasionally with Tom Wilson where, you know, he's a big man. <laughs> He goes out there and and tries to play within the rules, um, but you know one of his is, you know one of the parts of his game is he's big and and he can he can run into people. Um, as long as he does that legally, you have a tough time, you know, telling him not to do that because it's within the rules of the game. So that that's that's uh, probably our biggest challenge. If if, if we think somebody is out there. Um, uh, intending uh, repeatedly to hurt somebody, we have to find a way to stop that. But we have to do it tethered to what the rules of the game are. And, and that, I think, sometimes is the biggest challenge we have uh, when, we, when we deal with some of these incidents. Um, and I think, in fact, you know, it played into how the Department of Player Safety had to deal with Tom this year. Um, right. You know, in, in the seven-game suspension he got for the Carlo hit, Versus the non-suspension he got for, um, you know, the, the, the scrum activity. It, it, it's sometimes tough to put actions in a category that warrant supplementary discipline. Um, and that's, uh, that's, that's, I think, our biggest challenge right now. That, I mean, it, Kad, to, to, to me, Kadri was, was easy. It was cut and dry. It was black and white. It was, and it was, you know, for the sixth time, right? <laughs> Um, I, I think uh, some of the issues we had with Tom this year were a little more difficult. Yeah, and it, it's funny. The, the, the Wilson thing, the Monday night at Madison Square Garden, where, where he body slammed Panarin after Panarin jumped him, in fairness, um, that exacerbated and put player safety in such a spotlight as the playoffs started. That made it difficult for anything to happen uh, that wasn't going to be criticized at some point because – people outside the office i'm sure didn't understand all of the elements that went into that ruling is that fair yep absolutely fair yeah unfairly in in a lot of respects because you're right it put a put a spotlight back on uh, the department um which you know again there's always expectations there's always opinions and outside views but but that certainly was a um you know that was a lightning rod uh, for lack of a better term, of, of, of bringing attention to every decision he made. Yeah. Uh, well, it's. A, oh, ahead, oh, 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 here's my. So here's my one question. See, I knew so, Bill. I told you this was happening. So, so um, 
there is no uh, East Conference. There is no West Conference. And yet you're going to give trophies out at the end of this thing. Did you and Gary just go around the corner to the Irish bar and toss a coin, decide who would get the Prince of Wales and the Clarence Campbell? Or how did that work? No, we let Mahar make those decisions. <laughs> um, what, at the, the, to tell you the truth, I'm not even sure we've, we've uh, made a final decision. On, he announced on it last their, night. There are trophies. Okay, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I do know that the clubs uh, have lobbied uh, for us to continue the tradition of okay. presenting trophies. Yeah, no, they actually, you, you sent out that. a tweet. Your, your social media department sent out a tweet last night. So Okay. Did we assign the trophies? Yes, you did. Tampa and the Islanders are going to play for the Prince of Wales. Okay. And and uh, Vegas and Montreal are going to play for the Clarence Good to know. I can know. I can now start to formulate my travel schedule. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I just, because I, I mean, I, this was one of those ones where, we, and I've been trying to teach Bob not to call them the conference finals for the last three months. Right. Uh, and, the, old, uh, the old semifinals. The old semifinals. That's right. Well, that's what it is. Yeah. You know, until the league uh, decides to announce that the, you know, um, it'll one to just... 16. Are you going one Although to 16? The Stanley Bob? cup finals will be the um, Final. uh, winner no of the West. McCowan conference versus the winner of the Shannon conference until you take that bold and uh, initiative. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to defer to my, my generic youth <laughs> and it'll be the finals. Um, we, um, you made it so far. That's pretty good. Oh, yeah. And um, uh, without major implications. I mean, there have been some bumps along the road, as as we all could have expected. But all in all, you guys did a pretty good job in, in getting through this season. Let's, let's, let's hope that Vegas lab. Let's hope that Vegas lab doesn't screw up anymore. Because you've had more problems with things in Vegas with the lab. I mean, Bedner yesterday, a couple times with the St. Louis Blues. They've, they've had some issues uh, with that lab in, in, in yeah, it was Vegas. actually that the, uh, the Las Vegas lab. Um, I think that's the first issue we had. The, uh, the other one was actually a, a, a central lab, but it was in California. Ah, so. Okay. Is that enough, John? Would you like to let the man go? Anyway, thank you. Yeah. We kept, we've kept uh, it on the rails. And yes, you have. have four weeks to yeah. go. Yeah, well, and um, smooth sailing rest of the way. And then um, you got an expansion draft and a draft and all this. Exciting summer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and may, maybe it. there'll be time for a vacation in there. I, I Don't push it, Bill. Sure yet. Yeah. Don't well, push it. At least you have the option of maybe going somewhere, which we haven't had for some period of time. Uh, we thank you as always. You know, you're always welcome here. We appreciate your time and uh, uh, safe travels wherever you uh, wind up. Thank you, Billy. Thanks, guys. Bill Daly. We'll come back with more after these messages. Good Thank job, you, Bill. as always. That was fantastic. Really good. Thanks. So good. much fun. So much fun. Yeah. Do it more often. Don't say that. We'll be calling you every week. All right, guys. <laughs> have, a, have a good weekend. Yeah, you, yeah, too. you too, Bill. Yeah. Where are you going? Are you going to Vegas? Um, actually, I think Gary wants to go to Vegas on Monday, so maybe. Um, but I'd be flying with him on Monday. Uh, good, because because uh, uh, there'll be some tables open. I know there'll be tables open. Cause... Well, you know what? I I, I joked about the vacation because it's really true. I feel like I've been working nonstop for fourteen oh. months, sixteen months. But um, I was able to take my wife to Vegas for Memorial Day weekend, and oh, we had you? a great you know three days. Yeah. But it was a great oh, no. time. So yeah. But I tell you what, this I know it's only fifty six games, and I know it feels like a full season. It feels <laughs> yes, long. It it oh, even yeah. as a, even being on the outside, it feels long. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm looking, actually, I'm, I hate to say it. I'm looking forward to tonight. And we're back. Um, again, our thanks to Bill Daly for uh, joining us. Yeah. Every time I talk to Daly or Bettman, uh, after the conversation, I'm never sure if I've gotten any information or not. No, I, I think we did. You know, season starts October 12th. Schedule's coming out the end of July. Well, all subject to change. No, but I mean, we, we, we've been able to put some tent poles in the ground to figure out what, what dates are. And I mean, I, I, I think the whole concept that uh, uh, the player safety discussion, I, th I thought he was, I thought he was very good. I mean, the one thing I think people call for uh, is some level of transparency with these guys. And I, I think we got a bit of transparency. I really do. Well, you know, the one thing I, I, I should have asked, but I, I decided not to, to leave for another date because we're still in the playoffs and, you know, other things to discuss. 
But one of the things that came out of this pandemic year season was the notion of going into a town and playing more than one game while you're there, which has never been done in the NHL. Uh, what one year it was done. Yes, but you're right. Overall, as a general sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's the conceptually it's you go in, you play your game, you leave, you go somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. And now we saw two, sometimes three games. Yeah. Two, three is too many. I don't disagree, but two is really interesting. And I don't think I didn't get bored with it. In fact, sometimes that second game was a little feistier uh, because, you know, familiarity does breed contempt. And let's face it, it's not baseball where they do this all the time. But I like that idea. I, and, and we all know anything that saves the owners a couple of bucks, they're going to like. I think the so, players liked it too, Bob. I think the players liked when they went to so a So are city. we going to see it, do you think? I, I would not be surprised to see the two-game visit. Uh, but it's what it would have to be though, is it would have to be in your own division, because I, I think the one thing we're going to find is that people have liked these eight or nine games versus teams in their own division. I think we're going to see more of that, which means you're only going to go, if you're a Western conference team, you're only going to go to the East once to play one game. So you're not going to go, Vegas is not going to go play the Rangers twice at Madison Square Garden on Friday and Sunday. You're not going to see that because... So you only see it in divisional games and where the where the economic impact is not nearly as great. I, 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 that, that's, uh, that, at first blush, that's what my yeah. logic well, I don't be, disagree with you, John. You know. I mean, but, but let's table that yeah. discussion for um, either uh, Mr. Daly or Mr. Bettman yeah. uh, somewhere down the road. Here, here, here's, the, here's the other thing. In, 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 uh, when we ended up talking about the two suspensions in the playoffs, the Shifley suspension and the Cadre suspension, he called the player from Winnipeg, Mark, and he called the player from Colorado, Mr. Cadre. <laughs> well, I think that that tells you uh, when they go through the process of a, a second hearing and then a third hearing, there is a, a, a legalese and a formality that occurs because they just need to protect themselves. That to me was, I, well, Mark, we're, we're, we understand Mark's frustration, but Mr. Cadre, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have other things I could say, but I won't. Uh, let us uh, let us uh, suspend the operations here uh, temporarily uh, for the weekend, oh. uh, whereupon we shall resume. Uh, One of your favorite guys coming Monday. Who's coming Monday? Alan Walsh. We're going to talk about Mark Andre oh. Fleury and the and the uh, and the the Stanley Cup semifinals. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. Hope Hope Fleury is happier now than he was a year ago. Well, we how could he not be? He's he's only three games well, behind Grant Fuhrer on that Hall of Fame list, you know. It was a question, but not really a question, John. Oh. Um, for John Shannon, Bob McCowan, you have yourselves a swell weekend. Uh, hope the crick don't rise. We'll see you Monday. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye.